I'm sorry. I got this backwards. <laughs> Rewind. A pull system means that when information's available, I'm going to, did I say pull system? Oh my yeah. Lord. This is like all our good outtakes. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Retail, a podcast masterclass from Essential Digital Commerce covering everything you need to know about success in the world of e-commerce. My name is Emma Irwin, and I am a senior editor and specialist at Essential, and boy, do I have an exciting episode for you. And no, it's not entirely about push and pull systems. My guest today comes from none other than Amazon Ads, and we're going to talk about Amazon Ads his role of developing a best-in-class development community for the Amazon Advertising APIs, the power of feedback in our industry, and so much more. So without further ado, let's meet him. My name is Jeff Cohen. I'm a principal evangelist with Amazon Ads. And what does that actually mean? Like, what what is that role? That's a great question. As an evangelist, I focus on Amazon Ads and the technology that enables both our partners and our marketers I guess my job in short is to help Amazon ads partners understand how to effectively scale advertising using Amazon ads advanced technologies. And so like this could include anything from like direct connections to our APIs as well as some of our tools like bulk operations. So we know that Jeff works for Amazon ads. But what is Amazon ads? On a quest to learn, I had ChatGPT write a poem for me to share to Jeff about Amazon ads. Sponsored products, sponsored brands. Amazon ads that increase demand. Ads that appear on search result pages or on product detail pages in various stages. Sponsored brands, the branded ads, promoting products with engaging pads. Ads that feature a brand logo and products, leading shoppers to explore with joyful conduct. Amazon display ads, a visual treat with images and text that shoppers can't defeat. Video ads tell a story, captivating imagery in all its glory. So many Amazon ads to choose from, no matter the type, they all strive to bring in customers and help sellers thrive. So mine, my poem. Okay, you're going to poem, so I'm going to poem. Okay. Talk about totally unrehearsed, right? (laughs) No, I mean, it's funny. It's funny that you said that because I went to my first ever poet workshop and it wasn't something I signed up for. It was something that was happening in the community and I thought it would be fun to do. So I, I went to it with my kid. So my poem was called A Moment. Peace, quiet, a moment to think. The wind blowing, the birds chirping, the smell of fresh air that fills my lungs. What thoughts will fill my head? What problems will I solve? How quickly the time passes, how fast this world moves. To slow it down, you only need a moment. A moment to be yourself, to stretch your legs, to stretch your mind to stretch your space. What freedom you have when you let your mind wander to think it's all over and you're not even sure what you did. You're not sure what you thought. You're not sure how you got to where you are. Refreshed, revived, relieved, all from a moment to think. Well, that was incredibly, it was a lot more moving than the chat GPT Amazon ads. That's pretty, I like that. Let's take a moment to return back to your regularly scheduled Amazon content. What is the last thing that you purchased on Amazon? So the last thing I bought on Amazon was meal mixers for my dog. 
and uh, they actually arrived. Subscribe and save. Well, I had four packages arrive yesterday. Do you want to know about all of them or just just the the meal mixers? I think my wife had a few uh, fashion items, uh, a jacket and some shirts, but mine was was the meal mixers for my dog. And then last thing in this little section is going to ask you to think about this while we have the rest of the conversation, but something that's on your digital wish list, something that you really, it just like lives in a cart infinitely online and you never actually purchase it. And we'll come back to it at the end to kind of round out the conversation. Something that just lives in a cart forever, why you won't purchase it, we'll come back. Sounds good? Sounds good. The themes in this episode are pretty closely tied to Jeff's role. So let's dig further into it. Moving into our next section, let's break down your role a little bit farther. I was super excited to bring you on to Mastering Metail because I think we can have this cool conversation about something that's really interesting, which is developing a best-in-class development community for the Amazon advertising APIs. And you're in a unique position as someone who works for Amazon to really kind of talk about this. So let's break down that line of your role, which I pulled from your LinkedIn page. Can you describe to me what an Amazon or is the Amazon advertising API is. Yeah, let's kind of keep it simple for people that aren't aware. An API is an application programming interface. It's a software to software interface that enables two applications to exchange information from each other. Now, everybody who's listening is using APIs on a daily basis. You're using these on your smartphone when you're checking the weather or when you're calling a rideshare through your rideshare app. Those are just like a couple of examples of systems that are speaking to one another and enabling a user experience, right? So you tell the weather app what city or what zip you want to see, and then it returns that information to you. So that's basically the Amazon API world for the non-technical person. Next up is another part from that line. What is the development community? Yeah, so... Development community, I see community as having both technical and non-technical contributors. And so technical contributors are going to be developers, maybe a product owner. These are the people who need things like API documentation or maybe understanding the roadmap of where Amazon is going that are going to help them to build the best products that they can build. Now, you also have non-technical contributors who may be product owners or business owners. Now, these contributors need to understand the strategy that they're using to make decisions around technical investments and resources. So our team is working with all of these customers, if you will, to provide them the different resources that they need to do their job. Building community, which is a very human thing, isn't something that I so far have heard a lot about in our space. But why is it important here? I think we all build community, whether we're doing it intentionally or unintentionally. And we're all part of community. Most of what you do on a daily regiment is part of a community. So going to the gym, those people become part of a workout community that you interact and engage with, right? Being part of a softball team is a social community that you're part of. So our ecosystem, our community, our larger community, around being brands and sellers, advertisers on Amazon naturally has community, whether we're purposely building them or not. And building in a community is important. It gives you that sense that 
you're not alone and that you have others you can lean on. And in addition, it provides a feedback loop. That feedback loop is to you internally as well as to the other people within your community to understand like what can be done to meet your needs. So at Amazon, Amazon ads in particular, we use our community as a way to get feedback to understand if we're meeting our customer needs and to use that as part of our feedback loop for working backwards from our customers. Do you get a lot of feedback from the Amazon ads partners and what do you kind of do with it? We get a lot of feedback from our Amazon ad partners and our community. It's a basic principle at Amazon to work backwards from the customer. And so some of that feedback comes to us solicited. Some of that feedback comes to us unsolicited. And I think that there's different mechanisms built throughout Amazon that are used to collect that feedback, disseminate that feedback, look across it to understand what patterns may be there, and then to apply it in avenues it can be applied. And so I'll give you like a really simple case of using feedback. A developer reads documentation. Documentation doesn't meet their needs. They fill out a ticket to ask questions for support, then provides them the answers that they need. We can then update the documentation to help other people in the future, right? Really simple use of community, use of feedback, feedback loop. To the other extent, we use feedback for like creating new products. And so if you look at a product like Amazon Marketing Stream, it was built out of feedback from our partners who were sharing with us that they wanted more granular information. They wanted hourly grain data versus daily grain data, that they wanted the information on a more regular basis. So we developed a streaming system for the data versus a pull system for the data of using an API. So feedback can be used in many different ways. And all of the teams at Amazon are constantly soliciting feedback and again, getting unsolicited feedback and then using that. And I think, and one of the things you have to think about as a, as a customer of Amazon's, Amazon ads, as a partner is how can you share meaningful feedback and how can you demonstrate that you're working back from your customer needs so that we can help prioritize the things that are most impactful to your business, to your customers, to the advertisers? You've used the like phrase push and pull system. Can you give like one line on what you mean by that? So an API is a pull system. You ask for something and you get it and you pull it back. A push system is an initial setup that occurs and when information is available, I'm going to push it to you. So you don't have to make continual calls to get that information. Do you have an example, like off the top of your head, something that is meaningful feedback versus something that isn't meaningful feedback? If I take it at a really high level theoretical, if you're typically telling me this is something I need and it's making my life better, that feedback isn't as strong as saying, this is something that our customers need, and this is the problem that they're having, and this is what happens if we're able to solve the problem. So I don't think it's necessarily about meaningful or not meaningful feedback. I think it's a matter of like how you're framing the feedback and how you're sharing the information to present the case, right? Because everything's a 
like we're talking about developers, developer and community. So everything is about bandwidth and everything is about the amount of technical resources that you have. And so even like when we share information back with a company like yours and you guys have to decide which APIs you want to build into, what systems you want to build into, the questions that your team are asking are things that are around impact, right? So are we reducing technical debt? That's going to make it easier for your programmers to program in, or are we developing new features that are going to be beneficial to your advertisers or some combination of both? And so I think feedback works both ways. We have to provide that feedback and information to our partners so they can make decisions, and we need to get that information from them so that we can make decisions as well. We've been talking quite a bit about building community and feedback loops across the Amazon ads partners, but I want to hone in specifically on benefits to brands and manufacturers. In the mindset of like brands and manufacturers that probably partner with an agency that helps out with the advertising element, how does all of your work specifically provide benefit to them? Yeah, I think we all have a common goal. We want efficient and effective advertising campaigns. So when you think about advanced tools, they're simply a way to scale advertising. And so while it may not be important for the advertiser to understand the technology or how it works, it's still important for them to understand the problem that we are solving and how it's helping to make ads more effective. So I'm gonna go back to the example of Amazon Marketing Stream that I used earlier. Your audience may not care that it's a push versus pull system. That's a benefit that you as essential are able to take advantage of as a technology provider. But what they should understand is that because of this, the information is now being delivered as hourly metrics instead of daily, and that we're able to provide more insights that are helping to optimize their campaign. So we need to work with partners like you to help explain this story. And we did, right? That was how we took this product to market was through bringing partners like you on stage to explain the value of the tool and, and how it was helping advertisers and you know, then co-marketing webinars and all these other different types of amplification that we get to get this message out into the market. What do you see as the future of this Amazon advertising development community? Well, if I was to put like a simple North Star, um, I would say that we want to be a trusted resource of information for users of Amazon ads advanced tools. So we want our advertisers and our partners to seek out our documentation, our guidance, and look to us as they plan new features and capabilities throughout their advertising system, whether that be helping them to prioritize or whether that be helping a developer to understand how to implement. So if I was to give like an example, last year, based on feedback that we received, we launched a GitHub repository. Uh, in addition, we've worked to improve our documentation. We want to make it easier so that you can work with our tools and Therefore, we have to listen to our customers and then prioritize the projects that are helping to accomplish those goals. Okay, we've now learned about building the development community for the Amazon Ads API partners and how the feedback from the community powers Amazon. So next up, we're going to talk about rad behavior. 
So rad behavior, for anyone who doesn't know, is I believe a weekly newsletter that goes out on LinkedIn written by you. And I'm a big fan of it because it just feels nice to have that like real human connection that represents Amazon ads. And I get to see really any new product releases or innovations in the space that I should be paying attention to. So can you tell me about your thought process for writing these newsletters and kind of what inspired you to build out a newsletter? Yeah, so let me tell everybody what does RAD stand for. RAD stands for Retail, Advertising, and Development. And in some ways, it's an extension of my work at Amazon. I've been active on LinkedIn for a number of years. I probably spend more time on LinkedIn than most people in our industry. But what I found was that it's a great way to share knowledge and that the LinkedIn algorithm actually determines like what shows up in your newsfeed. And when I first kind of developed this newsletter in 20 in April of 2022, I saw it as a way to like share updates and highlight information and releases and really kind of curate information for people who don't spend enough time on LinkedIn to see all of the information that's out there. Now let's talk about feedback, right? I'm really glad you asked about feedback earlier because I did a survey. And when I did the survey, what I found was what's valuable to those who are my most active readers of the newsletter. And what I found was that they liked the weekly cadence of getting the updates of kind of what's in the feed, but they wanted more of my opinion. What should be considered important? What should not be considered important? They also wanted a better understanding of events. Should they be attending events? Or if they missed the event, what happened at the event that they missed? And so I'm able to take that type of feedback and kind of build it into the types of newsletter information that I'm posting this year. And so like, for example, one one thing that I started this year was a product deep dive. So each month I'm going deeper into a product. What is the product? Why should you care? Why is it important? How can you apply it? And it's a great way for people to discover some of the capabilities within Amazon ads that they weren't aware of, but to also maybe see it in a different way because they heard about it, but they hadn't really thought it was something that they should prioritize. That makes sense. That's cool. I like whoever gave or the many people who gave that feedback. That was good feedback. The last thing that I wanted to cover in this interview was the Amazon marketing stream, because it's a term that Jeff has mentioned a few times in this recording, and it's something we haven't really talked in depth about on Mastering Metail. Before we listen to Jeff, though, here's Amazon's definition. And don't worry, no rhymes here. A product that delivers Amazon ads, campaign metrics, and information to advertisers or integrators' AWS accounts via a push-based model in near real time. You can subscribe to campaign data sets available on Amazon Marketing Stream using your existing Amazon Ads API token and by providing your AWS account details. Once subscribed, Amazon Marketing Stream will deliver hourly performance metrics with details such as targeting expression performance by placement and budget consumption messages in near real time. At Amazon, we talk about this concept of raising the bar. And it's a philosophy that we always need to be innovating and can't accept the status quo. And we talk about customer obsession. And we talk about working backwards from the customer needs. Amazon Marketing Stream was the epitome of both of these. It solved a problem, which is the key to any product being successful. And second, by understanding our customers' needs, 
the problem we solved was useful. And so if you look back at posts from Prime Day 2022, just a few weeks after this product launched, we saw multiple partners, including yourselves, who were posting case studies about how Stream had helped them optimize campaigns and made their advertising more efficient. So it raised the bar. And so while it was a technical change, while it moved us from this pull system to a push system, at the end of the day, it led to a better outcome for advertisers. And with that, I couldn't let Jeff leave without capturing his three key learnings in his role so far as an evangelist. Okay, so I think this is a great question. Beyond the fact that we have this amazing, vibrant community with thought leaders who know this space and are willing to share, coming from the partner side to now working with so many partners, I've really enjoyed getting to know this space from like a different angle. And so if I'm breaking this down to like three learnings, one, I'm going to say it's important that you understand your customer and their needs, right? We talked about this several times in the podcast. Amazon ads technology is is evolving and there's different ways to interact with Amazon ads, whether it be the ad console, the APIs or bulk sheets. It's critical that when you're making your decisions that you're focused on your customer. Uh, second, for the brands, I say focus on themes. So for example, a theme is brand building. Amazon ads has created so many tools many of which are free that advertisers can use to build their brands. So figure out which of these tools should be used within your marketing and then make sure you're taking advantage of them. And then finally, third, I would say connect and learn. Uh, Your peers are a valuable set to discover and learn from. And when this is done, whether this is done in person or whether this is done virtually, when you seek a diverse perspective, you open yourself up to thinking in different ways. And I've always believed that we're a sum of the people that we hang out with. So what are you doing to improve? How are you thinking about growth? Who drives you to learn and be curious? These are all great questions that um, you can ask yourself. For sure. I just want to call out right now that it's your dog barking. I was like, yeah, we got through the whole podcast and there she goes. (laughs) Your dog, not mine. Okay. Last question for you. We're wrapping it up. We're coming back to the digital wish list, something that lives in a cart forever that you won't actually purchase. And why? If it's a digital wish list, then I'm going to say it's a digital asset and something that I would probably never purchase if it was available for me to purchase would be the key to understanding how things work like the algorithms, because I don't believe that there's a specific way to learn. I don't believe that there's a only, I don't believe that there's only one single way for the LinkedIn algorithm to work. And I believe that the innovation that you have in being able to try new things and figure out what works for your audience is way more critical than trying to figure out how to drive the most followers or the most views or the most reactions to a post. And I think this applies to Amazon as well, which is like learn and be curious and go out there and kind of figure it out. So I don't know if I skirted your question or if I answered your question, but I believe that there's a lot of great knowledge that can be gained out there through trial and error. 
And I don't think it's always something you need to go out and buy to gain access to it. I think you somehow skirted and answered the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things that are on my wish list that are expensive, I'm planning to do one day. Like, I want to take a trip to Patagonia, and that's on my wish list. Okay. And I'm not going to not do it because it's expensive. I'm just going to chalk it up as some life experiences that I need to invest in. So I guess I, I look at experiences as investments. This is like another whole podcast. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess I don't really have anything material that I would put on that list. Although I guess you could say that experiences could be considered material, but now I'm just rambling. So we'll let you wrap. <laughs> and that wraps up another episode of Mastering Detail with Amazon. Thank you to Amazon and Jeff for joining us for this episode. And if you're not following Jeff on LinkedIn and subscribing to Rad Behavior there and Mastering Detail on the streaming platform of your choice, what are you waiting for? There's so much knowledge within this community and you never know who you might meet. This episode was produced by Klaus Kitzel with sound design from Enos Atenji. See you next time.